0: and eventually started shooting.
1: Fox News alert, at least 250, and we're hearing reports of even more, Israelis are dead and more than 1500 wounded after the terrorist group Hamas launched an unprecedented air, ground and even sea assault on Israeli soil. Israel responded with a large-scale counteroffensive on militants in Gaza City and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declaring war, telling his people they will fight to win.
0: What is up this evening, y'all? We've got a lot of stuff we want to cover, but uh, first thing we want to say is T's not with us tonight because his lovely bride Amber had back surgery today. Everything went good, oh. but they're at home recovering. So keep T and your your or Amber in your thoughts and uh, prayers there, and probably T too because Amber's got a gun. Um, but uh, tonight we do have Emery and Sue here together, side by side, and. In- Look at that! They're like in unison. It's like one brain controls them both. And um, and then we have my very good friend
1: Pete Rabatucci, in, in in with us tonight. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing good. I'm all by myself down here. I got these two guys up here together. I feel lonely.
0: <laughs> you go all by yourself. Well, me and you I've we're just the,
1: that. The, the, you they're just
0: that. the odd couple. is all it is. They're 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 the, they're the straight on odd couple. You know, um, <laughs> we are. Robbie. You know, so Pete. Thanks for being here with us, man. And um, it's awesome that you're here as, as, an, as a fellow writer now because, you know, that's what you're doing, which is fantastic. And I love having you here. But I think a lot of folks know that you write, but they don't know some of the other fun stuff that you're into. So come on, let's get that good old Pete Robert Tucci bio rolled out, man
1: so originally well way back in the day in my past life i was an electrician threw that aside um decided you know i know it was a good move for probably both of us um but went into something i really enjoyed doing that was firefighting um and then from that started getting into some um, swat medic stuff and then firearm instructing and then i like you said i put together a couple scribbles on a on a on some pages and uh it happened to take off so that's my bio in the Few minutes allotted to me there.
0: So, so you've got, um, let's give them some titles because you've got not only your fiction works, you've got your mm-hmm. nonfiction works too. So, I mean, you're, you could, when you got into it, you got into it, you got busy and started putting, putting ink on the page. So,
1: yeah. Well, and a lot of that was thanks to you because, you know, you invited me to the book signing last year at, um, yeah. Mountain readiness. And a lot of people asked me, look, I, I like fiction, but what am I going to learn from your books? So I got to thinking, you know, I'm a, I'm a preparedness guy by nature. And I have all these guidelines that I've already put together for our group. I go, let me put those on paper and get them out to help everybody. So I put a couple of manuals out. I'm going to do five in total, but, uh, will be, they will be at fallout. So if anyone comes to see us out there at mountain readiness at, uh, Van Hoy campgrounds, we'll, uh, We'll, we'll definitely have those for people to check out. But we do have our first book, Three Days to Eden, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And then the second book's out. Uh, it's called Eden Under Threat. So it'll probably be a three-book series, but we all know how that goes. Um, <laughs> next, next thing you know, I'll be writing book 12. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, you, you know, never never try to, at least for me, it doesn't work to put a, a time frame on anything, even the number of books that I'm, that I'm doing. So, Speaking uh, of mid 12 hey, it's it's on pre-order. Have you ordered yours yet? No. <laughs> of course
2: you
0: have not. Good grief! We want we want our sign, we want an
3: autographed copy. But by, by Pete. Oh. We want Pete to sign it.
0: We <laughs> want Pete to sign it. Yes, yeah, I, I yeah. signed one of my books the other day at, at an event I did at the library that uh that I wrote with Alan Kay, declining to K. Uh Alan had signed it, and I'm looking and there was another signature in it, and I'm like, what the hell did you have uh Gray beard, green beret, on my book for. <laughs> Not that I care. I just thought it was hilarious. Because I know Josh, he's a great dude. So you said you got into doing like SWAT medic stuff. And I mm-hmm. know from our conversations, because we've hung out a little bit, you know, from time to time, uh, that you go down to Elmopoly and you work with some of uh Emory's comrades down there, some Israeli guys that run a
1: mm-hmm.
0: the hell that is. Uh so which did you prefer? You know, so you got a little bit see a little bit of American SWAT style tactics. bit of Israeli style tactics like what made you go that way in your training side
1: well really what made me go that way originally in my in our training side is i'm sure you remember we had an incident in orlando at a nightclub and the swat uh personnel there weren't exactly prepared with for what was going on inside the building so i looked at that from an from an ems standpoint actually because i i was reading the after action reports and i said it took 60 minutes to get to these patients how how could i have gotten there quicker and i realized it wasn't an ems problem it was a tactics problem not that they were wrong they were going by their sogs and that has since changed but i started diving into that what's the best tactics and who's better at dealing with these type of people same type of people that committed that event over there in orlando than the israelis so i did a little bit of, i did a little bit of research right and what I came across, which really interests me, was an incident in 1985 at Rome International Airport. A bunch of terrorists. Uh, I don't remember which ones. There's probably four. Go my, ahead. My dad,
3: was there. my dad was there as yes. as the head of LL security.
1: OK, so we really need to talk because maybe you can help me put some pieces together. But what happened was basically one or two Shin Bet agents that were responsible for security from what i understand basically mitigated this threat and the way they did it i want to know how they did it why why were they able to do it they were outgunned they were throwing the the bad guys were throwing grenades terrorists were throwing grenades they had ak-47 these guys had pistols and they were able to mitigate three or four people maybe apprehend the fourth i'm not sure how how were they able to do it and how can we apply that to the united states swat so, I, I mean, I I dove in feet first. I found a guy teaching it up in D.C. and Virginia, spent three weeks with him. And not to say that it's better, don't get me wrong, but it is another tool in the toolbox to use. So, our SWAT methods at the time of the Pulse incident were surround, contain, negotiate. But, Emery, as you can tell us, some of these people don't want to negotiate. They simply want the time to stack bodies, right? I mean, let's be honest, right? So... What are the tactics we can use to better to better prepare ourselves? And they're not using the exact Israeli style that what we call what I would call the individual warrior doctrine. But now a first responder, even in a squad car, is going in to mitigate, to capture and kill. OK, they're not waiting around to surround and contain anymore. So hopefully, at least in Florida, we had a little piece of, of why that doctrine changed a little bit. But that's what fascinated me about the Israeli style of uh, especially SWAT and active shooter mitigation. Now, hostage situations different. I understand that. But active shooter mitigation, when you've got somebody working inside of a building, how can you mitigate that threat? And these guys have perfected it, in my opinion.
0: Well, they've probably got more experience it than anybody else does right now, you know, because they've been doing it for so long. And, and, guys, the links to Pete's books are down below. Click those. Hit them up. Buy some books. Support the guy. Uh, learn some stuff. That's the most important thing is learn some stuff. Yeah. And um, and we're going to switch gears a little bit because, you know, everybody knows what's happening right now in Israel, between Gaza and now something like the West Bank might kick off, too. Um, yes. And, you know, they're, they're threatening to unalive hostages. And they've, they've got at least 17 Americans that we know held right now. Uh, minimum, but there's hundreds. How many Amory do, do you have a current count on Israeli hostages that are held? Well, no. It's it's essentially
3: it's over 200. But the problem wow. is they've they've already started, they've started executing hostages, and we're not yeah. sure exactly how many. That's yeah, just the, the,
2: the IDF said 130 yesterday. The Lieutenant Colonel in the IDF said 130. 130. Not that that they know of. So and and mm-hmm. he said it would go
0: above 200. Well, we got a little clip we're going to show you guys real quick and we're going to come back and we're going to we're going to jump into this a little bit because I know that's what everybody's thinking about. We're following the latest development in Israel right now as the country continues to battle Hamas militants from Gaza. Israeli officials say fighter jets hit more than 200 targets overnight. According to Israeli and Hamas officials, at least 2100 people have been killed on both sides since Saturday's
1: initial attack. Israel has mobilized over 300,000 reservists as it prepares for a potential ground offensive in Gaza.
0: So they're and they're stacking armor. They've been moving tanks and there's like 300,000 soldiers and tons of armor. But as you and I talked about this previously, Emory, a ground incursion is going to be terrible for all sides.
3: Um. You know, yeah yeah well it's going to be terrible for our side i i don't believe that uh ground incursion right now is the right tactical or strategic move um but it's unavoidable because israel puts such a high value on every individual life uh by the way including our enemies which i'm ashamed of but not ashamed of but i disagree with uh in cases like this um And, and the ground assault is unavoidable because the number one mission is save the hostages. Uh, I have worked, I don't even know how much I've worked a ton in Gaza pre pull out and then post 2005 as well. And, uh, Gaza is a horrific, horrible place. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so I, I would choose a bit of a different way than what was chosen. But then again, uh, I'm not even an officer, let alone a general or a, you know, secretary of defense. So, uh, you know, I'm not claiming to know as much as them or be a professional tactical thinker on on that kind of level. Um, I I would choose a different way. I, I'm not going to get into it on the Internet because I don't discuss tactics on the Internet. Um, but the, the overall result is going to be. Uh, you know, the army's going to go in, it's going to do what it has to do. You know, all these airstrikes are, are essentially prepping the ground. They've taken out um, essentially a lot of empty buildings and they've taken out uh, a bunch of terrorists. There has been collateral damage and they've also taken out some uh, some strategic uh, reconnaissance uh, collecting equipment uh, that was of course being hidden in the mosque. And uh, and that's kind of in preparation for the ground assault which uh you know we're going to lose a lot of soldiers there. We're going to lose a lot of soldiers that whole place is booby trapped and ied everywhere uh as as it always was. I've hit two ieds in Gaza myself. Um and this is pre uh, I can't remember. Yeah, oh yeah, pre 2005 even if I hit two ieds in in Gaza. Um yeah. and so uh yeah, the place is a is a shithole always has been, always will be and those people um, you know one of the you know I I do feel for them because you know, I'm, I'm talking about the the citizens that live in Gaza I do feel for them because they live in terrible uh terrible situations that have been brought on by Hamas and previous to Hamas taking over in Gaza in 2007 they were brought yeah. on by the you know the rulers there the Palestinian Authority and yeah. so
0: yeah sorry and then-
3: yeah, I'll say going all the way back to, to the
0: PLO days, you know, and and that's a that's a good distinction because you're seeing a line. Everybody's like, oh, we need to just wipe them off the face of the earth. You know, we did. I get that sentiment totally. But at the same time, like like Emery just said, there's a difference between Hamas and Palestinians. Um, and, and I think Emery it might be good if we give them a give them a kind of a quick breakdown of just who Hamas is. I know that they were elected to run Gaza. People don't probably understand that, but they are the militant faction over there. They're they're the terrorist side. Um, and the people did elect them. they actually elected them to do it but let's give a kind of a description yeah. of who they are.
3: Let's slow down on the they were
0: elected thing. Uh, that I is know a, that's yeah. that is an on paper yeah. fact yeah. but it's how who right. so counts the ballots. kind it's, of yep yeah,
3: yeah. Of and, uh, yeah.
2: So, so I kept saying
0: elected like, I was I'm like they elected. were they were elected right. but yeah
3: well so the idea is that the election the elections that took place were in 2006. This is a group of thugs um that has spun out of control. They were always a group of thugs their charter is nothing but the destruction of israel and death to all the jews that is their charter um that is their their mission and uh so yeah they were elected these thugs in 2006 if that was the case how come in 2007 they had to take it over by force from the palestinian authority and they murdered every Palestinian authority uh person in there and drug their bodies behind their vehicles too sound familiar to anybody
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: yeah uh, yeah
3: so Hamas Hamas really started uh in uh around 87 1987 and uh uh, that was towards the end of the first intifada for the record I served during the entire and then post a little bit second intifada which was a whole different thing and and probably should be considered a war the first intifada wasn't but it was intifada is an arabic word that means uprising for those who don't know and uh and hamas just you know was created as a terror organization to uh you know to to kill jews and and their charter just like every other terror organization is to end the existence of the israeli state um and uh yeah and they've been nothing other than a group of thug terrorists since then Uh, what happened was actually uh, in a way you could kind of say it was similar to uh, the PLO which then became the Palestinian Authority after they took over Gaza by force essentially after these wonderful elections um, they uh, they realized very quickly that oh man we took power because we got all the guns but we don't know how to run a city we don't know how to run a government we don't know how to, you know, provide schooling, provide you know uh, basic amenities, and they don't care. That's not that's their thing. That.
2: That's that's what I saw when I went. To, I visited Israel several times uh, from from two thousand twelve to two thousand sixteen, and, uh, and you, you you look at what's going on over just you know, just across the border there uh, in Gaza and uh, even the West Bank. There's there's nothing maintained. It seems these 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 political these political leaders collect all the money that the world's given them, the UN's given them, all the all these funds that's been raised by UNICEF and everybody else. And they, they're they living in Qatar or like Yasser Arafat goes up to Paris and he's a billionaire, you know, or his wife was, you know, living in a lap of luxury. Why the why the people in Gaza, they don't even have decent running water and their, their streets have got potholes all over them and everything. Just, they don't know how to govern it at all.
3: Yeah. And and actually, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, you you bring up the poverty, you bring up the, uh, you know, the poverty, that's not just Gaza, right? The Palestinian territories, there's a similar situation with the poverty there. And the government officials, I mean, Mahmoud Abbas, or Abu Mazen, as he's called, um, who's the the leader of the Palestinian Authority, he is a billionaire. And um, I have seen, I've seen crazy stuff up in the Palestinian territory in the West Bank like in Nablus and those kinds of cities where you see some of the uh some of the most insane poverty that you can imagine and you go over two city blocks and I'm talking what in like 2003 I think it was I saw I we I blew up a building there there was a uh I my team um, there were they had giant flat screen TVs. Nobody in Israel had flat screen TVs in 2003. Literally, I'm not making this up gold plated toilet seats in this building, right? And you walk over a couple of blocks and it's just people living in their own shit.
0: Well, uh, since, since,
2: since we're talking I
0: mean,
2: Saddam Hussein, you know, you went yeah. all his palaces and everything, and his mm-hmm. people were living in squalor. You know.
0: But yeah, since we're he- talking about the money side of it and, and what, what Hamas does with the money, I mean, I know. That last year, I think it was, or in the last couple of years, we've given uh, the, the Palestinian authority uh, like 200 and almost 240 million dollars. I know Yep. other nations, Arab nations over there, give them hundreds of millions of dollars. And Iran, of course, gives them about 100 million a year. Uh, we just gave Iran six billion dollars for some hostages of some whatever variety. And everybody keeps asking, why are why are we still giving them that money? The, the transfer is not officially done yet. Why are we still doing it? and uh, Lincoln came out and said because Israel hasn't asked us not to like, like really? that's the yeah that was the reason they gave on live TV so all that money comes into the Palestinian Authority and then Hamas rakes it all in to buy thousands of rockets and apparently m4s from everywhere from Ukraine to Afghanistan they, they're they're already tracking serial numbers and like these came from Ukraine um so the whole so, thing they're they're okay. siphoning off their own people you know First, let
3: them I expand on that a quick second. So, yeah. so the money's, the money that's coming in, right? There's, there's a distinction. America sp- does not specifically uh, or directly give money to Hamas, right? That's kind no. of a, a roundabout thing that happens that we should yep. know better. We really should yep. know better. Yep. Um, Hamas's direct money comes mainly from three places. Uh, well, I suppose one of them is kind of indirect. It's direct, but it's unofficial. Uh, officially iran and qatar qatar is every bit as much of a state terrorist sponsor as iran is um they're not as much necessarily on the planning and all that stuff but um but uh qatar spends just as much money i believe as as iran does directly on hamas Uh, the third group is the un yeah Mm -hmm. and uh the un directly gives money to hamas uh, not in the form of, here you go, Hamas, let's give you money so that the whole world can see. Because, of course, that doesn't look good, even though everybody knows that uh, that all these UN bodies are completely anti-Semitic, completely. In, and that's not an exaggeration. Nope. Um, but they build schools there. They build, you know, all these kind of public buildings. Where do you think all the rockets are kept? Where do you think the the headquarters yeah. uh, that Hamas puts in are? They're in and underneath with knowledge of the U.N. buildings, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah or uh,
0: hospitals or the university or, uh, or civilian the, apartment blocks or anywhere that, that they think they won't get hit because they've got all these human shields around them, you know. Or the,
2: U, the U.N. the UN tells Israel you can't search this ship because there's just construction material on it. It's rebars, yes. concrete, things like that, that end up going into these tunnels where probably these hostages are being held at. I mean, the, the you, you, we talk about our southern border. On the Gaza Strip, there's tunnels everywhere. And, I mean, these things are elaborate. We have shafts. You have shafts oh, yeah. going 90 feet before you ever get to a drift. Yeah. With elevators. I
0: saw a video of one today or yesterday. Um, it was where they were storing all the rockets. And it was just a long tunnel, probably a, maybe a meter and a half wide. And they had hangers on the wall that the rockets are hung on. And the entire thing was concrete. Floor, walls, and ceiling. Cool. All of it. And light. I want people to understand
3: this. Uh, Of course, I'm going to be called a liar because I'm on the Jewish side and I'm a Jew and I'm Israeli. So obviously I'm the bad guy and the Nazi, uh, which I find kind of ironic. So ironic these days. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, Show them your swastika. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, So. All of Gaza, the, the the Gaza Strip, which is like, what, 20, 20 by 60 kilometers, the whole Gaza Strip. Inside of there, there's Gaza City. There's the little Fiat. bunch.
0: 145 of... square miles, I think it is, roughly, right? About Don't that.
3: make me do math, Chris. Yeah. That's not my strongest. <laughs> yeah. Over 2 million people live in that little strip. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. had, like, had 2.3 yeah. now.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, plus about 200 of us. So um, all of their drinking water, 75% of their electricity uh, their food, their medicine, all that, all of that is provided by the state of Israel. That means I pay for it with my tax money, right? I pay to feed these people. And, uh, what was happening was years ago, uh, not that many years ago, we were also providing them with building supplies for them to, you know, remodel houses, build new housing, blah, blah, blah. Well, it turned out that These building supplies were 100% of them used to build these tunnels, right? The concrete, the rebar, just like Sue was saying. There's a section while I was in uh, in the military on active duty, I uh, we, we started a section of my unit specifically devoted to locating and destroying these tunnels. And when we were standing this thing up, I was asked to go be a team leader of the first team and I was like yeah sure awesome what's what's the unit do and they were like oh well they find and, and destroy tunnels and I was like "Fuck this I'm out of here hmm. um, and I went back to my little hostage rescue thing but um so yeah so I'm I'm actually quite familiar with the whole tunnel thing because even though I wasn't in that section we work with that section it's still the same yeah. unit we worked in Gaza a ton and uh and, and that's exactly what's going on there um well
0: let's, matter of
3: fact let's, go sorry good No, go ahead. Okay. The first team leader that that ended up taking that job was killed um, in a a tunnel caved in on him. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So,
1: Emery, I got a quick question for you. And maybe I'm always wanting to learn something. But you talked about the significance of 2005 and Hamas and all that stuff. But when 2005 is my understanding, Israel left, gave it to the PLO, said, all right, do with it what you will. Now, Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Israel leave a whole bunch of infrastructure in place? What happened to that infrastructure?
3: You know, Pete, that's a that's a fantastic question. In 2005, when we left, just to give you a little context on me personally, I was serving as the um, research and development officer for the hostage rescue breach section of my unit that we created uh, about a year before that. Uh, for the record, I'm not an officer, but I had that post for a while. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm a master sergeant. I am not an officer, but... you um, a gentleman. Obviously. All you have to do is look at this. Not just, a ge- not.
2: I'm a master sergeant, too. Just call us master
3: for short. <laughs> 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 um, so sure.
0: to
3: answer your question, right? There were, up until 2005, there were Jewish settlements within the Gaza Strip. Sorry, I'm a little awkward. I'm leaning into the microphone. We only have one. Um, what ended up happening was the military decided to uh take a bunch of uh, uh, by a bunch I mean like 10 to 15,000 somewhere in there that's a guess but it was some somewhere in that kind of region of non-combat soldiers gave them like 4 or 5 days of Krav Maga training and sent them in there into the Gaza Strip to bring out the Jewish settlers uh, because they didn't want to send combat soldiers in to deal with the Jewish population right that's just not
0: right yeah. bad optics
3: um it's not just bad optics it goes against our morals
0: and and for the world it's, it doesn't look good anytime the military is stepping into stuff like that you know so yeah it, it, it was a good call so i'm getting that really good call agreed um
3: so at the time i was in charge of developing new ways to breach in in case uh to breach into these houses in case uh one of these settlers you know really refused to leave and it was it was a big mess but nobody was none of these non-combat soldiers ended up being taken hostage thank god um and we weren't allowed to use explosives blah 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 so i got this literally blank check and they're like get what you need come up with ttps and sops um to get all our guys in in case uh there were hostages so um i'm sorry i'm taking kind of a circuitous route to answer your question but i want to give people some background into Mm -hmm. what was really going on there up until that point there were no real rocket attacks but terrorism was coming out of there um the fence and all the all the obstacles that are there now were not there in that way before there was a fence but it wasn't any high-tech thing there weren't all the cameras and all that um what ended up happening was we actually blew up a lot of those houses. Uh, we left a lot of the farming, the agriculture infrastructure, the uh, greenhouses and stuff. The buildings, uh, for the most part, were were leveled um, because the settlers there couldn't bear. And I don't know if it's just the settlers, certain people in the government, who whomever it was, um, it was it was deemed unconscionable to leave them all these people's homes. Um, and so most of them, or many of them at least were, were destroyed and they could rebuild whatever they need to. Of course, at that point, that's when we started really giving them everything. We gave them, you know, all their power. They have a power plant there, which yesterday ran out of fuel. So now they're, because we cut off, we provide 75% of their power, hundred percent of their drinking water, uh, you know, food, medicine, blah, blah, blah. Um, and
0: uh, I, got, I got I got a question for you on that, and I, and I just want to ask this while you're talking about the infrastructure in Israel, what they're providing to Gaza. Everybody always talks about how Israel's laid siege to Gaza and they've cut it off. There's no water, there's no power, there's no food, there's no medicine, blah blah. blah. But what about that great big border with Egypt, another Arab country? Good question. Is any of that stuff coming in through Egypt? Now I know Egypt closed the the crossing down there yesterday, and then they came out and said, "All right, we're going to let 2,000 a day through. That's it." Why is it medicine and food and all these, um, you know, the needs for the civilians? Why isn't that stuff coming into Egypt, Emery? I mean, you probably have a better, you know, take on that than I do. But it's just obvious it's an Arab nation. These are Arabs. Why aren't you helping them? Yep. Simple question.
3: That's, that's a fantastic question. I'm not going to claim to know all the little political kind of issues on the on the Egyptian side. Um, I think I think there may be some. That is brought in, uh, you know, certainly not electricity and stuff, but some supplies um, going back bef- way before this past weekend and what's going on there now, this whole massacre um, that they that Hamas and all these other shithead groups decided to lay on Israel. Sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit angered by this whole situation. So bear with me. Um Let's go back to how Gaza became an Israeli problem to begin with, okay, and I'll try to do this very quickly. Gaza used to belong to Egypt. You have to understand if we can and holly, if we could if we could find a map of the region, that'd be awesome to put up. Um, but uh, so it used to belong to Egypt. You have to understand that there's a big geographic separation. There's a physical separation. It's called the Sinai Peninsula between mm-hmm. Egypt and Gaza slash Israel, right? So Gaza is like a chunk taken out of the western part of Israel. Uh, But it had historically been a a more poor, you know, kind of conglomerate of fishing villages, if you will. Um, The Egyptians didn't care much for the Gazans uh, throughout history. They weren't really attached to Egypt uh, in soul, in spirit, however you want to call it and uh in in the six day war in 1967 the israeli military forces had to drive through gaza because there were not a, a ton of roads going from you know central israel down to the uh sinai peninsula and the suez canal area which is where the egyptian army was invading into israel from during 67. so um there was never a plan to take over gaza there was some fighting in gaza as the army was trying to make its way through um so there was some fighting but really they were just trying to get down south to ward off the egyptian uh, advances and um the, we ended up taking over the entire sinai peninsula which is a big piece of nothing desert okay the southern 60 percent of israel is desert and then the Sinai peninsula kind of comes off of that and it's this this huge piece of nothing right um and then past that is egypt essentially during the during the negotiations after the war uh you know egypt wanted their land back cool legit and um and so we gave them back the sinai peninsula and the egyptians refused to take back gaza they didn't <laughs> want it. And they didn't want it for a couple of reasons. And this is actually genius on the part, strategically genius on the part of, um, of the Egyptians. So if you look at the map here on, um, you really, what you see, you see where the word Gaza is kind of on that lower left on the western side of Israel there. Uh, it's a tiny little strip. That line that goes uh, south-southeast from Gaza, that is the Egyptian-Israeli uh, border. And from there, the Sinai Peninsula starts, right? Egypt is further south and west of there, okay? So uh, that's just to give you a bit of an idea. And if we zoom out, there we go. So that block there, that's the Sinai Peninsula. And you see west, that green area, that's already, um, that's that's the delta of the Nile where it spills into the uh, uh, into the Mediterranean Sea, okay? So. Um, so that whole chunk there, I, I can point to it on my computer, but you won't see. So that point between that little green thing where it says Cairo, um, going off to the east where the, the word Israel is written, that's the Sinai Peninsula. Um, so when we gave that back and you see the geographic separation there between the Gaza Strip and actual Egypt, right? So that's
2: where, that's where Moses and the Israelites wandered around for forty years. Yeah. So, they,
3: so they say. I think they, I think they went somewhere <laughs> totally different because you don't get stuck in that desert for forty years.
1: <laughs>
3: um They didn't have maps, guys. Leave them alone. The yeah, company. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, all right. So that's that's a bit of a background. Why was it so ingenious for the Egyptians to not take Gaza back? Two reasons. One is financial. They didn't like them. It's a really poor place. And it's kind of far away and separated. So it's just not a fun place to have to take care of for the Egyptians. Uh, the second reason and the really smart strategic portion of this decision is they knew that if Gaza remained wi- on, you know, attached to Israel politically, then Gaza will forever be the thorn in the side of Israel. And so it has been. Mm-hmm. And they were right. And it was uh, it was genius strategically,
0: right? They screwed us forever. Yeah. Well, when did uh, when did Jordan kick the Palestinians out? Because I know Kuwait did it. What ninety? Hold, hold on, hold on. Let me right. go I, ahead. I, finish. I,
3: I didn't mean to cut you off, but let me. Yeah. No, he just really didn't actually answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> so, there we um, go.
0: I figured you were, you're probably going to get to it. I'll, go for it.
3: Yeah, but that that gives you background on why we're stuck with Gaza. What started this whole Gaza thing off, right? Uh, Your question was, why don't the Egyptians supply Gaza? Well, through the years, they have given some aid to Gaza. Um, And just so you know, so everybody knows, um, a bunch of years ago from towards the end of my military service and up through pretty much present day, they've been digging these tunnels from Gaza into Israel. What a lot of people don't know is that the Gazans also have been digging a lot of tunnels into Egypt what happened when this all started and Israel was befuddled on as far as what to do about these stupid tunnels. uh, And because Israel cares, like I said before, way too much about global public opinion of us, which I don't think we should because everybody hates us anyway, so what difference does it make? Um, And so so Egypt was giving a bunch of aid and has after, but what happened was when all this stuff started, they were smuggling the, the tunnels into Egypt, They were smuggling uh, uh, drugs, people, and weapons in and out of Egypt, and then that's how they got a lot of this stuff to come into Israel, right? Gaza, uh, Egypt literally took a bunch of Apaches because, you know, they have a lot of American arms because outside Mm -hmm. of Israel, the highest, well, now Ukraine, but uh, America gives Egypt a metric ton of defense money every year, right? Um, They took And Turkey, yeah. And Turkey, Turkey, um, too, yeah. But they, um, so they took a bunch of Apaches up there and they literally blew the hell out of that entire border and blew up everything there, which Israel couldn't do for political reasons, right? For for public, uh, mm-hmm. you know, visual uh, aesthetics, right? Uh, in front of the whole world. So, but Egypt just demolished it because nobody cares what Arabs do to Arabs. Nope, it's when Jews defend themselves that were Nazis, right? So, um So so that kind of kicked off like not the best relationship again between Egypt and the Gazans. Um the only people that really inhabit the Sinai Peninsula is Bedouins. Um they're popular. They're very popular. So (laughs) um, and and they, you know, both both there on the Gaza border and into Israel, the Bedouins are responsible for a hundred percent of the drug and arms smuggling and and human smuggling between borders. So I, I hope that's a good enough answer, Chris.
0: Well, like I said, what I said was I know Jordan kicked them out once, and then Kuwait kicked out like two hundred thousand of them in a week in the nineties, like in a week's time. So two hundred thousand Palestinians are here. You all got to go. Um, so you, you see a a common theme even among the Arab nations that that they're not fans of the Palestinians. They like to talk about it. And countries like Qatar is, you know, they're a big fan of them. Iran's a big fan of them, but, but nobody else is. And I don't think that it's even that they like the Palestinians so much as it's the enemy of my enemy thing, you know. Um, that's exactly that, it. So and that's all it is, yeah.
3: They're not necessarily, the Palestinians aren't the enemy of
0: the other Arab nations. What they are is no. a tool. They no, I mean, by being an enemy of Israel, you know, yeah, yeah. you're the enemy of my enemy, so, you know. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, they're, I'm not. They're,
0: they're disposable to, yeah, I'm to not, the other, other Arab nations. They're, and, they're
3: indisposable. Yeah. Here's why. Yeah. Because they are the forever uh, uh, battle. The, they are the tool that the Arab world uses to delegitimize Israel. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Right? Until 1948, there was no such thing as the Palestinian people. Yeah. Right? The region of yeah. Palestine, as it was referred to by the Brits, uh, the name Palestine, it comes from a biblical root. There was an enemy of of the Israelites that, that are no longer, because in the Bible, whether you take it as historical, you know, fact or or otherwise, in the Bible, um, there were the people called the plishtim, and that's the root for um, the word Palestine, which was invented by the Romans. Yeah. Um, and the Romans named it that when they took over that region in order to poke and prod the Jews, because they named our homeland after our ancient enemy. And that's where that name comes from. Uh the Brits took that over when they when they took the region over after the yeah. world war and um and they and they kind of renamed it Palestine. Up until that point, up until 1948, the, the the people that we now refer to as Palestinians were not called Palestinians, they were just the Arabs that lived in that area. Mm-hmm. Right after the war of independence in 1948, I guess it ended 49. Um the Arab world decided to call them the Palestinian people. Some of them were displaced due to the war. Absolutely. Um, many of them stayed where they were, but the majority, um, arguably. And so, I, and I say that because I don't know the actual numbers of how many left. Right. The uh, yeah. but well, well
2: during, during that war, we, were, we just researched this the other night, during that war, Jordan, Syria, Egypt, they told the Palestinians to get out of there because the Arabs were going to rise up and, and, and go in there and wipe out all the Jews, which never happened in 1948, 1949.
3: Well, it didn't succeed, at least, yeah.
2: In 1949, yeah. you know, and I can bring it up, but we were just looking at it the other night. The 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 uh, prime minister of, of Syria and the king of Jordan were like, uh, what are we going to do with all these Palestinians? Well, you know, it's our fault. We asked them to come here in the first place. So in the 80s they kicked a whole bunch of them out
0: you're you're absolutely right so
2: this this problem's been going on for decades
0: yeah yeah well let's 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 switch gears and talk i know we got i got a couple of video clips we want to run and then i want to talk about let's get into why they did this now let's talk about this current situation that, that you guys are dealing with and what precipitated it but we got a couple little clips of video we'll show real quick and then we'll talk about that we're getting all professional in here as we all know, shadow banning is a real thing. And I know it affects me greatly. One of the things we're doing to get around that is the new website has a sign up where you can get the newsletter. I highly recommend you go over and do that because you're not getting notifications from all the platforms. Even Patreon's not sending out notifications. But if you get on the mailing list, you'll get the newsletter and any important updates. I'm not going to spam you with a bunch of email. I'm damn sure you're not gonna sell your email address. You don't have to worry about that kind of thing. But it's a way that you'll be able to keep up with what's going on. Because too many people are saying, hey, I didn't get the notification for this. I didn't know you are doing that. That's because social media hates me and they're not sending stuff out. So hit the link down below, sign up to the the mailing list. You'll get the weekly newsletter and the updates that come out periodically. But if you wanna stay connected, it's the best way to do it. Hit the link below and you guys know the drill. Be good or be good at it.
2: The First Amendment says freedom of speech. It doesn't say unless it hurts somebody's feelings. Haven't had enough yet? Stick around for the after show. Bolder, grittier, angrier. On the Rocks with Angry American and the Gang is coming up next.
0: we got to find a guy that does that voiceover work because he's, he's good. I like that cat. I just looked over like...
3: Wow, why am I hearing this from all directions?
0: <laughs> You're in my head now. <laughs> but I mean, let's let's talk about this current thing, because I know this has been building for a couple of years, you know. Um, and, and in this, let's address, too this, this the, the big conspiracy that's floating around it. Egypt told you it was going to happen, and you guys ignored it. Um, and and how did your intelligence apparatus miss this? So we can maybe talk about that first, and then let's get into why they decided now was the time to send their paragliders over the fence
3: well due to inflation that is now the trillion dollar question (laughs) Um, (laughs) yes there were um there were many flaws right many things that that will turn out to be big deal fuck-ups pardon my french On the side of the israeli uh security forces i see security forces that includes all the intel and all the you know all the other things um and the army itself uh many things have been um not done well for a number of years now i'm not going to get into all the details certainly not right now
2: i can i can hit the wave tops real quick there you had the the abraham accords you know six years ago right Mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia and Israel were close to normalizing, and Saudi Arabia, the crown prince has been just recently talking about recognizing Israel as a Jewish state, right? And if you look at that, that's the reason they had to do this now. Hamas had to do this now, right? But in those six years, or let's say the last three years, everybody got complacent. Especially the United States, they diplomatically, it's a failure on. It's not just a failure on intel for, uh, intelligence for Israel; it's an intelligence worldwide. United States, NATO, everybody missed this because the dip, diplomatically, we have backed off of all these things we we thought could happen. We were just hoping for normalizing of relations between Saudi Arabia and Israel, and uh, we got real got real weak. You know, and and in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, of course. But uh, in my opinion, we we allowed Iran to resell their oil. Took the took the took the uh, embargo off of the the Iranian oil that gave them ninety billion dollars a year. And then just recently, we gave them six million dollars. Six billion billion, dollars, but ninety billion dollars when their oil when we allowed them to start selling oil again. And especially this current administration, uh, that 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 just that just really killed everything, you know, as far as the ability for diplomats to have any kind of leverage in that region. Does that make sense?
0: Well, Sue, that's, that's, all, that's all carrot, no stick, right?
3: So I think that's a hundred percent correct. But in addition to that, there there are a number of other reasons why this happened now. Um, You know one big big reason that that's obvious to anybody in israel is that uh the last eight months seven eight months in israel right there's been this whole uh judicial reform which is really a a heinous thing that our our own government's doing but um uh but this i know this is going to sound ugly to some of the people listening potentially but this is this is reality right we gotta Mm -hmm. we gotta be honest here and, and truthful because that's something we've lost in the West recently—is the ability to call things what they are. Um, you have to understand Arab culture. The Arab, the personality of the Arab culture, speaks power, right? What I mean by that is, if my enemy's weak, now's the time to attack, right? And and I mean a much broader thing by that as well. But that's in in this context, uh, what I'm referring to. So. Israel has shown itself to be weak, not only through the protests. We've had a quarter million people in the streets almost uh, every day for the last six to eight, six to eight months um, protesting our own government's actions just internally. It's got nothing to do with the rest of the world. Um, and and that's gotten incredibly huge. Uh, understand 250,000 people in the streets every day out of a total of 7 million Uh, or 8 million Jews living in Israel, right? That's a big chunk of people on the streets every day. So as part of all those demonstrations, we've had a lot of our reserve forces. uh, I'm talking uh, uh, fighter pilots, you know, special ops units, blah, 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 the list goes on, uh, who have been saying we're not coming in to do our reserve duty to serve a non-democratic government. Mm. And um now not one of those people, to the best of my knowledge, has not <laughs> shown up for reserve duty now. Right. right. There was right. no question in my mind the whole time that when something like this happens, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about, you know, um, you know, I won't go do missions to blow up some city because some politician is out of his mind. That's specifically what they're talking about, right? Um, they don't want to do things that are unethical and, and uh, illegal. So that in the uh, eyes of the Arab world is tremendous weakness. Israel's falling apart. Now is the time to strike. Mind you, Hamas, Hezbollah, Islamic Jihad, the al brigades, you know, all these, there's tons of terrorist groups in all these countries. Their, um, the, their reason for existence is destroying the state of Israel and killing all the Jews in it, right? So yeah yeah so that's,
2: that's what they're but
0: founded
2: to do about the arab mentality and i don't know who said it this week but it was probably the best description that i've heard in a long time of the arab mentality that we had to deal with in you know afghanistan and iraq and and you know what i saw later in israel which i wasn't a participant in but i was an observer was that the israeli the israeli people use their weapons to protect their citizens right whereas hamas uses their citizens to protect their weapons. And that, that, that just struck yeah. me. I was like,
3: that is so true. That is so true. You know, true. You know will- what? Not only is that an excellent point that yeah. you, you had made yesterday, and that's really well said. I wouldn't have thought to say it that way. That's really well said. But let me I'm I'm add- just I'm just repeating I'm repeating it. I didn't come up Let me it. add a piece to it. I wish I
2: did. Let hey, me <laughs> emory I <laughs> want to
0: interrupt you because we haven't done this yet and we need to get this on the screen and and that's the donations you're collecting. Let's talk about that real quick. And, and let's move on. But let's get as soon as you're ready, you just say tell Holly to put that up, but I want to get that out cool. there because we, all right, well we there it is. So okay. let's just do I it real fast, emory.
3: I just yeah. wanted to not get cut off here because uh, my pea brain I won't remember what I was going to say what what we have here guys is um and we can get i can talk about this all night and explain why this has to be uh we have recruited uh called up uh a giant portion of our reserve soldiers and one of the big problems with our preparedness in israel is our failure to have current adequate and frankly enough gear and i'm talking about personal protective gear plates plate carriers helmets Um, you know, appropriate guns, et cetera, et cetera. Pistol
2: belts, boots, helmets,
3: all that stuff. Yeah, Yeah. for our reserve forces. Our active duty forces have all this, obviously. Um, And so this uh, website up here, and uh, we'll have a link for it, this website, or not this website, but what we're trying to do, this is a a few friends of mine and myself. We all live in the States now. um, And a couple days ago, like the day this incursion started this, whatever you want to call this abomination of a situation. Um, you know, it was obvious to us that we're going to need gear for our reservists. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we we got together and uh, this is the donation part. And 100% of this goes specifically to gear and transportation to there. We are not taking a red penny out of this. This is not a profit thing. Uh, I can personally guarantee you that. Uh, what we are doing is um, we are taking this money. We are buying at cost. I may say not at retail prices. We are buying at cost from the manufacturers' um, plates, and I think it's written down at the bottom there. Uh, plate carriers, level four standalone plates, level three helmets, um, and uh, you know, uh, eye eye protection, ear protection, that kind of thing and we are getting it into directly into israel and directly into the hands and onto the bodies of our our war fighters um and that's what what it is i for those of you guys who actually know me you know how much i not only hate to but i i really shy away from talking even about money i hate dealing with money and all that this is my my brothers in arms um th- these are my countrymen I've I've personally already lost a few friends in this conflict in the last couple of days um and so until I can do other things this is part of my involvement in what's going on so if you can we'd really appreciate your help uh if not please
0: just keep our our war hey, It's working Numbers, numbers are going right there while you're talking, brother. It's working. Oh, well. And 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 that's why I wanted to get this up. I know I cut you off, Emery, and I know that your train of thought probably wandered away. But it was important to me that we do this because we want as many people as we can get to hear about this to hear about this, you know, um, and start that. sharing it. And and Emery, I'm going to put a post up on Facebook on my page in a little while with this link. I'm going to put it up on my page, and I want you guys to share the shit out of it. Let's do everything we can to try to help you, you know, um, because we know, we know Emery. We're well, a lot of you guys know who he is, and, and I know that from his heart, he means what he's saying. Like, this, there's no, there's no fuckery here, guys. This money's going to go straight to the IDF reservists who need this gear. Because I've seen some of the reservists and was watching today some videos going, What the hell are they wearing that for? This is why they don't have what they need, exactly. Um, and you see, and the this word? is a way we can help a little bit. They're
3: not wearing a flak, je- flak yeah, they're wearing flak jackets,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean. It's like, what is this, 1968? You know, I mean. Right, exactly.
3: exactly. So, so I, I appreciate it, brother. And, yeah, you know, we knew, and this is a whole other topic, but we knew uh, that all the world leaders that came out in support of Israel was a surprise to us. It was really a surprise to us because we know how much most of the world hates Israel. And you know what? That's why we have a country. Most of the world hates us, and we're sick of being butchered in other places. And now we have an army to defend us. Now we have a country that's ours. Um, And even though I live in the the States now, and I I live here because this is also my home. I love this place. I'm a dual citizen. um, And I love this place just as much as I love Israel, uh, where all my ancestors came from. But myself included, I was born there and raised there. Um, But we knew that even after all these declarations of we stand with Israel and the Eiffel tower is blackened out and all that, which, which is, um, which is a heartwarming gesture, even though it mm. it's not well, really
0: good. Did you see what the, what the French police did to the, to the pro Palestinian protesters on the streets of Paris the other day? No. Hickory shampoos for everybody. They just turned the riot police loose. Just, just let them push them off the streets. I mean, they, yep. yeah, they well, went full yep.
1: 1960s on them. Well, they need to do that in New York and in Chicago right now. Yep. And yeah, Dearborn, Mich- it. Dearborn it. Michigan, and yeah, uh, a few other places. I got yeah. before. I know we're getting short on time, but
0: well, no, I we're not. Know. We're going to run a little long tonight, guys. Okay. we're going to go a little long this because there's Perfect. still a lot here to talk about. So yeah, if you guys cool with it? Very
1: good. I love it. I a couple of awesome. questions. One for Emery, and then one for uh, Chris. Do you feel like the six billion dollars paid for hostages embolden this conflict? First of all, the Palestinians. Secondly, the question I have for you, Emery, is: Do you think that Other actors are using this because they see that the United States policies is more toward Europe right now and their assets are over in Europe taking care of that conflict. So before you answer that, Chris, the question I have for you is, seeing the weakness in U.S. policy globally, do we fear something going on in Taiwan?
0: Uh, We should be because a lot of people probably don't know it, but China's been moving uh, hardware to the coast in mass: Soldiers, armor. Uh, attack helicopter, everything's been mm-hmm. moved. And they're, they're doing a lot of harassment around Taiwan right now with both the Navy and the Air Force. Um, and if China's ever going to make a play for Taiwan, if, if this becomes protracted, even just a little bit, like if, if, if Hezbollah steps in in a bigger way, I mean, they're already, you guys, they're already sparred with each other, but they haven't really kicked off yet. And, you know, Lebanon saying, please don't do this to us. They're begging Hezbollah not to do it. But Qatar is ready to step in. And if Iran steps in, China's going to look around and be like, well, America sure as shit can't do three things at one time because they can barely do one. Now they're trying to do two. There's no way in hell they can bother us. Um, and they could just, and, I mean, they could probably take Taiwan before we can even respond in, in my personal opinion, because it's such a short hop that they have to make. Whereas our mm-hmm. assets are going to, bunch of them are going to be in the Met, you know, the, uh, uh, the Ford is there now. There's another carrier group on the way. There's a there's an MEU on the way. You know, the Hundred First was just pulled out of pulled out of uh, Romania is being sent to Jordan. If that should tell you something, we stuck the hundred and first there because we were afraid of Russia. Now we're saying well, this is what a real threat looks like, and we're moving the hundred and first. So I if I was China, here in a few months would probably be the perfect time for them to do this. I mean, I hope they don't, because you know, the world's already dumpster fire. Um it's, it's it would be terrible, in my opinion. So now let Emery have that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So Emery, back it was a six billion for hostages, and do you think that uh, state actors are using our ass, uh, the fact that we have assets over in Europe as a chance to go ahead and spark this thing off in the Middle East?
3: Look, I'm not. I'm not. A
1: in your opinion,
3: I'm not a professor of anything, let alone geopolitics. But um, I, I've. I don't think that's exactly the way I would put it. Um, let's start with the six billion to Iran on this ridiculous hostage thing, right? We yeah. traded six hostages for six hostages, or six prisoners for six prisoners, essentially. Yeah, uh, that nobody's saying who they are. I just know that the ones released from uh, Iran are dual Iranian-American
0: citizens. Make which we out. also currently have working inside the administration, by the way, folks.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um yeah,
3: and we've we've had all along, right? This Huma Abedin woman and you know all these other whatever. Yeah, uh, different story, right? So so essentially, I don't think that the six billion to Iran emboldened Iran to do things. I don't think it specifically brought anything on. I think it just gave them more of a tool to be able to do what they were already doing, right? Um, you know, Iran's plans haven't changed. It's just that the, you know, the daily task has changed. Right. So, um, you know, I do think that let me make this bigger than the 6 billion. Maybe that's a better way to explain it. It's not the 6 billion that made this happen. It's what uh, the West led by starting with Obama. Thanks Dick um, has done with Iran because this whole JCPOA, the nuclear deal, was a complete abortion from day one, right? The whole JCPOA, and I don't know how anybody bought into this garbage of a lie. Um, The JCPOA, which is the nuclear deal, um, was started essentially, in my opinion, Obama wanted to get in the history books some more. Um, and, And the reason I say that, not about Obama, but the reason I say that about the JCPOA, is Iran does not want nuclear weapons. Listen to me well. Iran does not want nuclear weapons. What Iran wants, what they're after, is to be a nuclear threshold state, where they've been for the last bunch of years. The only thing stopping Iran from having a nuclear weapon is a political decision by the Iranian government to go ahead and and finish a job. And it would take them a few weeks they're missing a few components on the, on the missile end, whatever. But as far as the nuclear capability, it's a political decision away. That's it. Why do you think they haven't made that decision? Well, they haven't made that decision because they're not trying to get there. The second they actually have a nuclear weapon, they know that even if America is too impotent under the Biden administration to do anything, Israel's is going to blow them back into the dark ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and, God forbid they actually used it, the whole world would blow them back into the Stone Age, right? So Iran was never after that. Now, why would Iran want to be a nuclear threshold state? It's much more beneficial. Now they have exactly what happened. They won, guys. They won during Obama, which Mm -hmm. I'm not calling him a traitor. Just saying. (laughs) Um, Walks like a duck, (laughs) talks like a duck. Right? So... But, but here's what I am saying is, is let's not call him a traitor. Let's say he is dumb enough to fall into this trap, right? He's not a stupid person. Um. So now this gave them a trading card. This gave them the really good baseball cards that everybody else wants to to get from them, right? Because everybody else was too damn stupid to understand they weren't really after the war, uh, the, the nuclear uh, weapon to begin with. They wanted the bargaining chip and they got it and we capitulated over and over and Biden Biden's criminal administration capitulated tried forcefully tried to restart the JCPOA and Iran was like f off buddy because they'd already yeah. got what they need right
2: well his whole cab- his whole cabinet is former obama people let me expand mm-hmm. on that a little bit and and saying uh, and just doing just doing and, you know I'm not a geopolitical professor either but israel has been a nuclear power for years have they ever used it with all those enemies all around it now let me ask you this would jordan or syria or iran or Qatar use a nuclear weapon on israel if they had the capability you damn right they would mm-hmm. immediately because it's in their charter to destroy yeah. israel
1: yep. i mean but I just I read I just read a quote today that said if Palestine were to drop all their weapons there'd be peace in the Middle East if Israel would they'd cease to exist. Yep.
0: So that's
3: yep. that's
0: exactly. Thanks right.
2: for saying
3: that's that. That's exactly right, Pete. Because that's exactly when when Sue said the thing before, and then we talked about the the website for donations. Yeah. That's exactly the point I was going to make. I wasn't going to say it as eloquently as you did, um, or as succinctly. My explanation is this: Israel. Has it? And let's just let's just talk about Hamas and Gaza for a second to give a really condensed example. Okay, if Israel was such an apartheid Nazi state, don't we have the military force to kill every single person there by noon tomorrow or mm-hmm. earlier? Of course, we do. We have or
0: earlier. We start then, earlier. We finish earlier. But We don't. <laughs> right? Yeah.
3: Yes. No. Now let's flip that around. Forget having an army. Forget having enough weapons. If tomorrow morning every person in Israel laid down their weapons and said, all we want is peace, we will not fight. By noon tomorrow, there will not be a Jew in the Middle East alive, no. period. And this is not something that started this past weekend. This has been forever. Oh,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so well, let's, let's just segue said. in, since we're talking about the conf... Con- 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 bleh, why can't I talk tonight? I ain't slept in three days, that's why. Uh... talk about what's happening on the ground right now you know we we mentioned a little bit earlier you know uh israel's calling up the reserves and they're coming home from all over the world guys like that's one thing about the israelis wherever they live in the world if if their homeland is under threat they come home and they stand up and do what they're supposed to do unlike what a lot of americans won't do even though they live here now they won't stand up what they need to do um and they're they're pushing armor to the border now like you said we don't know if there's gonna be a ground incursion but let's talk about what's happening now um because i'm I've heard some reports that there may have been some drones from Lebanon come in. We know that the Israelis are doing airstrikes all over Gaza and completely leveling neighborhoods where Hamas is operating out of, not the civilians. And they're telling the civilians to get out before they bomb, which, I mean, who does that? You know, Russia never did that in Ukraine. But Israel is sending out text messages, WhatsApp, Telegram. They're communicating on every platform they can saying, get out of this neighborhood. We're going to bomb it. So they're doing their best to prevent casualties because, like you said, Israel cares for every life. But give us an idea of, of your take of what's happening on the ground. And then I'm going to get Pete's take on what he's seen and following. And Because I know you've got friends there, too, Pete. But I know you said most of yours are probably incommunicado at the moment. So, But but what's your take on what's happening? And Sue, too, because of his past experience in the that part of the world. So let's talk about the groundwork right now.
3: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to get, you know, I can't get into um, what's about to happen. No, no, no. I don't want
0: nothing like that. Let's talk about what has happened and what kind of is happening. Not, I'm not looking for, you know, yeah, advanced yeah, knowledge. I'm of that
3: for your benefit, you obviously know that. Yeah. I'm saying that for everybody who's viewing's benefit. I'm not going to get into what's literally about to happen. Yeah. Um, but the bottom line is, look, the fighting around the Gaza Strip uh, kept going for at least another excuse me day and a half after the initial invasion um most of the fighting was cordoned off to there or was focused there for the first pretty much two days sorry i'm kicking the table um and uh the first thing that came to my mind when that happened was oh my god get everybody to the north get everybody to um to surround the West Bank, because if this is kicking off from Gaza, and we can get into the little tactics they used and stuff, and and why I was thinking that, oh my God, this is not a Gaza thing. This is a pan-Arab thing. This is a a all sectors uh, invasion. Turns out I was wrong in terms of the first day because I was convinced that was going to happen the first day. Um, but it's happening now. I think they missed their tactical window to do that the first day. But they're, they're A, trying to draw ground forces into Gaza so that they can, mm-hmm. you know, so that we can incur way, way bigger losses of human life. Um, and B, I think, in order for this operation to not really be known ahead of time for operational security, I don't think they shared this with the entire Arab world, right? Um, I even read a thing on the Israeli news today that claims that Iran was surprised, even though they were part of the planning and they were funded it and gave intelligence and all that. I read a thing and I, I can't tell you for sure that it's true. I read a thing on the Israeli news today that said that Iran was even surprised by the timing of it. Um, I mean, he
0: came out and said they weren't involved. I mean, he made a public address.
3: Oh, well, he never lies.
0: Well, but I'm saying the <laughs> fact that he came out and made a public address is rare. That's, that's yes, kind of, sure. you know, absolutely. It's a little different, you know,
3: absolutely. Um, so let's talk about what's what's really going on. So since then, um, a lot of our forces have been focused on closing off that border killing every last terrorist that's on our side of the border uh, and then you know right because that's phase one put out mm-hmm. this fire and then start fires elsewhere yeah. right <laughs> yeah. so um the you know the rocket the rocket barrages are literally non-stop coming out of gaza mm-hmm. into belsheba where where um where i have family uh that's that's where i grew up into uh and and north into tel aviv there's even been rockets fired in the direction of jerusalem which is uncommon Mm -hmm. Uh, the west bank which has not been talked about almost at all um has been called out the people of the west bank have been called out to just start doing a bunch of uh, a bunch of terrorism uh and there is stuff starting to kind of burble up there um, so that's happening that's by the time all this has started that and lebanon and syria which i'll get into in just a second um by the time all that crap has started which is why i'm saying they missed their tactical window we had already had a very large uh amount of forces army forces military forces in those other regions uh there were already a, a very large number Of our fighting forces uh for the last year in the west bank because there has been for those of you guys who don't know the the whole last year has been a a very um intense wave of terrorist acts most of which coming from the gaza uh uh, i'm sorry the west bank and uh east jerusalem the arabs living in east jerusalem and some israeli arabs also For those of you who don't know, there are about 2 million Israeli Arabs. They're the same of the same families and everything as the Palestinians. They just ended up on the inside of the border as opposed to the outside of the border. They have voting rights. They have a political party that represents them. They get free school, free medicine, all that, just like any other citizen in Israel. Um, They are also the number one highest crime rate and murder rate in Israel against each other, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Now. uh, so so the West Bank is starting to, uh, to rot in the sense of, of you know, uh, act up in terrorism right now. Lebanon, yeah. Lebanon has a government that's predominantly Christian Lebanese, Christian Arabs. Uh, that government is incredibly weak. That country is completely uh, in shambles politically economically the last few years it has been on the verge of absolute disaster internally it's got nothing to do with us um yeah they used to have a nice port lebanon used to be called the the paris of the middle east
0: it was Um, yeah
3: so lebanon is de facto run by hezbollah and Mm -hmm. under Nasala, he's the the cowardly head of hezbollah who's been hiding away in a bunker for the last 20 years because he knows that as soon as he sees the light of day we're gonna fucking kill him and i mean that literally uh, pardon my language i'm a little bit uh a little bit uh emotional passionate thinking, is that word passionate um the only feelings passionate. i have are hot cold and recoil right <laughs> so you do on yeah. the range, man <laughs> right um so Hezbollah has, uh, for a long time, you know, they play this cat and mouse game with uh, on the on the northern border of Israel. Sometimes rockets, sometimes you know, they'll send a couple people in to kind of break through the fence. There's areas there that don't have a fence on the border, by the way, um, and they're they're constantly patrolled by you know tanks and jeeps and all that stuff. And there's, don't worry, they're not just running through. Um, so in the last couple of days, they have. It started with a couple of rockets here, a couple of rockets there, an anti-tank missile that was fired at a uh uh vehicle M113
0: M113 personnel carrier that got hit. Well then, then there's then there was another one that got, that was missed. That there the first one missed and then I saw I watched a video earlier today of a of an M113 taking a direct hit from a uh um anti-tank, you know, guided yeah. rocket and smoked so- it so
3: yeah, for the record, I mean this is not a new thing, right? I have a I have a good friend of mine from the army who died on the border there, not during time of war. And he, um, this sounds like a bad word, but it's literally the name of this missile. He was on a D nine um, with the D nine operator. He was an EOD operator, um, and uh, they ambushed him. And they Jan was his name, good friend of mine. Um, and uh and he got hit directly in the head by a french faggot missile oh got fired by france right fired by hezbollah yeah um and so you know this, this stuff does happen there often um they send in uavs on occasion by the way where does where do all these arms come from directly iran when you hear uh in the last bunch of years the last decade of israel bombing syria we're not bombing syrian targets We are bombing one of two things we're bombing either weapons shipments going directly from iran via iraq via syria uh, into lebanon for hezbollah or sometimes they fly them into syria and then drive them to lebanon Um, and the second type of target we strike there are iranian army bases that the irgc has been building from the central syria down into the south in order to attack israel so that's why we've been attacking Syria all these times in the last decade. For those of you guys who thought that for some reason, Israel was just randomly shooting at Syrians. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's where all the weapons in that region come from is Iran, uh, sometimes Russia via Iran. So um, so now, all you know, the first couple of days of this war uh Hezbollah has you know done these little you know kind of firing a couple of rockets and you know the couple of missiles and whatever as kind of a distraction and all that uh and now it's starting to step up they did send in a UAV I'm not sure if it came in from the Lebanese border or across the Syrian border they're right next to each other um and uh that was taken out by uh by our our anti-aircraft capabilities um I believe actually by a, by a, a jet um yeah. and all of that is flaring up and by the way now syria so so nobody's been talking about syria the reason people who know what they're talking about have not been talking referring to syria in terms of this war is because everybody thinks well syria's you know their army's kind of messed up from all this infighting and all this civil war and stuff over the last bunch of years I don't think Syria is going to send an army what what they do have in Syria is a bunch of uh, uh mainly primarily Shia militias that have been fighting there for many many years now um and so there's there's some stuff potentially starting to
0: happen there from Syria. Well they already sent a bunch of those to to Ukraine to fight there cuz you know Assad doesn't want to keep those 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 uh Militias sitting around bored, you know, it's a bad thing for any country to have a a, a huge groups of armed dudes just laying around with nothing to do. So they sent a bunch of them to Ukraine. So his militias crossing over and getting involved in this is a very big possibility. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Now, um, let me bring this into something that will touch all of you personally. And by you guys uh, understand, I'm talking to you, the viewers, uh, us, all of us in terms of what's going on right now. We're focusing so much on what's going on in Israel. Guys, this is the same tactics they use on a smaller scale inside of Israel. They are using globally as well. And don't think for a second, this wasn't the plan from the start. I've been saying this for years and been called a nutbag for it. What they're trying to do is ultimately do away with Western culture in general. That is the charter, if you will, of Islam. Right. If you're not Muslim, you're you're subhuman. Um, So what's going on now is a big, big push for Muslims and Muslim sympathizers all over the world, but very specifically in America to rise up and kill Jews and uh, for those of you guys who don't know, Israel is referred to as the small Satan, and America is referred to as the
0: big Satan. Mm-hmm. Big Satan. So, Khalid Mashal, let's talk about him for a minute, because there's been a lot of questions in the comments, everybody asking about Friday, and, and what's been talked about on Friday. And uh, and you know who he is, and could probably explain that better than him, not better than me, who Khalid Mashal is, but he, he did, you know, call the Muslims to action, and Friday is supposed to be the day, and you're seeing... All the local communist groups here in the U.S. Uh, quickly sided with the Palestinians. And, and it's interesting, some of the blowback that's happened. I don't know if you guys saw the statement that came out of the Harvard student body um, about how everything that's happened in Israel is all Israel's fault, and they're all to blame for it. Um, coming out of Harvard, Ivy League universities.
2: All 30 student organizations. 30, yes. 35.
0: They all, signed, mm-hmm. they all signed it, but now they're all panicking because American... I'm going to say industry by that. I don't mean manufacturing. I just mean business in general, uh, got together and said, we're not going to hire you bastards, for saying that. And they're going to blacklist them. So now they're all freaking out, trying to backpedal and, and claw back what they've said in their little statement saying, Oh, we didn't read it. We just signed it, you know, and th- that's brilliant. Um, that's why but, you got into Harvard. Yeah, that's yeah. why you got into Harvard. Yeah. So, but let's talk about the, the call to jihad, essentially that, uh, or the, uh, what's the other term? Cause I'm so tired. I can't remember.
3: Jihad. Jihad is, is-
0: okay. Well, no, what's the other one? Fatwa is...
3: Fatwa, that's
0: what it was different. Yeah, that's a call to arms. Yeah. Well, that's essentially what he was issuing, though, was a call to arms. You know, I mean, he doesn't call it that, but his statement is pretty clear. Yeah, it's pretty clear. So, you know, uh, he said to show anger, especially next Friday in Muslim countries and also among Muslim diaspora around the world, he called it the Friday of Al-Aqsa Flood, he said that this message will send this will send a message of rage to the Zionists to America from the Zionists. Well, for Israel and America. So he's calling for them all over the world to, in other words, do what you can, whatever ability you have to make a strike of any kind, do it now. Yep. And that's what the, the Friday thing is about, guys.
3: I believe, um, by the way, the literal word that he used. If I'm not mistaken, it was at least what I saw here uh, said uh, to commit pogroms on the Jews, which anyone who knows about, you know, Eastern Europe and, and the history of Jews there, the pogroms were raids, murderous raids mm-hmm. uh, by the Bolsheviks and you know a bunch of other groups beforehand uh, against the Jews in Eastern Europe and Russia and those areas. Uh, I, yeah, he, yeah, not really an ironic use of that word. And
0: yeah, his meaning. So so he asked, yes, I'll just say this. He asked the Mujahideen to go in long caravans to spill their blood on the land of Palestine. These are his final words. Funds are important today, but we are asking for your blood and souls. So go ahead, Pete.
1: Just an interesting fact. You said, you know, it's not just going to be about the Jews, though. It's going to be with people they think are collaborating with the Jews, it's going to be guys like me and you and our families they're not just going to go after jewish the jewish people proper. Um so so why is that a, all at the same time there's a big push to fight our second amendment right? Mm-hmm. So how important right now is our second amendment right? How how important is or is it to have the ability to protect you and your family? Now we were talking it might have been before the show about uh Israel and how some of their arms were taken away from the common people. That's what they're trying to do to us right now guys. So get your preps together, get active. The second amendment, so that 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 trumps everything we have. That keeps everybody else in line. So just food for thought. And I got more to elaborate on that, but I'm gonna wait till the after show because I don't this is too public.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Come on, don't be scared. Don't be scared, <laughs> well, uh,
1: Pete.
2: I'll put this out publicly, you know. I you know, and I'm enraged by all this like everybody else, but uh Friday, Friday, I wouldn't use any kind of public transportation. Friday, I wouldn't go to any sporting events, and if you have children in public schools, I would let them stay home on Friday. Yeah, I mean, I'm mean, just self-protection. I mean, in many in many cities in the right here in the United States, we're not allowed to defend our even our own children. You know. Yeah. And yeah. we don't want that to happen. What happened on Saturday to our own children, our own grandmothers, our own families? You know. So just, you know, bunker down. and Let's yeah. see what happens, but protect protect your own.
1: Friday yeah.
0: Friday's a, gonna be a good day for a self-care day, as they always like to say. Self-care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. stay yeah. home. Stay stay close yeah. to some, some iron, you know what I'm saying? And uh and just, just keep your eyes open. Um is what I would recommend. Because we don't know what's gonna happen. I know I've I've seen a lot of stuff come out of the leftists, they're planning all kinds of crap. Um, they're massively emboldened right now, you know. We don't know how
2: sleeper sales are here. I mean, come on. Uh, in the last month, last month set a record for the the southern border. You know, yep. and uh, the State Department uh, finally released and uh, let the let the uh, Border Patrol release how many people of interest they've actually arrested. You know, and it was it, it just blew my mind. They got what six thousand Iranians that they've arrested. Mm-hmm. You know, since this, this whole border incursion on our southern borders happened, and uh the reason I think I'm enraged, and I think Pete. I don't know how old you, you are, but I know uh, Chris and I are about the same age. We've been dealing with this our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's mm-hmm. not just the Biden administration or the Obama administration or the Carter administration. This goes all the way back to Nixon. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, the 72 Olympics, the Munich Olympics, you know, it, it's all a threat, not only to the Jewish people, but to America itself and the Western culture, like everyone was saying, Right. They absolutely hate us, right? And they've been been here in our own country for so long that they've created, you know, not only sleeper cells, but we've got entire organizations that are uh, anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw uh, the the protests in New York the other day. They were holding up uh, swastika flags and pictures of swastikas. <laughs> uh, in the the conservatives are the dangerous ones in this country the yeah, conservatives are, are the ones who call the Nazis all the time yet we have mm-hmm. pro-palestinian p- protesters holding up swastikas who's the real Nazis in yeah. Sydney,
0: Australia they're chanting gas the Jews yeah in, I was going to say Australia. that I
1: didn't know if I, that would be appropriate or not but well, yeah you well, this is you're what like, happened I'm not yeah, we're not making you know, this shit up you know? you're absolutely right and but i'm gonna I want to get back to some of the stuff going on in the colleges in our nation right now and, and what people need to realize is places like Harvard or Rutgers and stuff like that, this is where our future lawyers are coming from. But more importantly, these lawyers will be judges someday. So imagine that. So look what happened to these liberal judges during the, the, the riots, the BLM riots. It was, a, it was a a circular pattern. They'd get arrested. They'd go to a judge. They'd be back out on the street the same night. This is a plan. This is not, this is not, none of this is by accident. This is a plan. And sooner or later, it's going to come to fruition. And you're either ready or you're not, but you're either way, you're going to deal with the consequences of yeah. this plan.
2: You're you're absolutely right, Peter. I mean, look at, look at that, look at that clown face that was presiding over President Trump's court case last week in New York City. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the guy is a clown without makeup. I, I, I feel sorry for him.
3: You know, yep. it's just crazy. Sue, can I jump in a second? Yep. Since we brought up Black Lives Matter. Here's the poster. Uh, Here's a poster. Yep. By Black Lives Matter. Let me uh
0: I stand with Palestine.
1: Yeah.
3: Right? Yeah. That that is one of their one of their little skydive monkeys with a Palestinian uh Palestinian flag hanging off his parachute.
1: We have a very, very real enemy within that people Mm -hmm. are failing to recognize. Guys like us recognize it. But there are people on the other side of the aisle, or people that just want to keep their head in the sand that don't recognize us. And we're the conspiracy theorists. We're the ones with the tinfoil hat on, right? No, it, this is a plan. They're out there. Get ready for it. Because if we're not going to be faced with it, our children are, or our grandchildren are. So well,
2: I, I think President I Bush said it fantastically after 9-11 when we figured out, hey, we're going to have to go into Afghanistan. We're going to have to wipe out the Taliban. And during his speech, he said, you're either with us or you're against us. And I think the Democratic Party needs to stand up with, you know, the old Confederates who've been trying to destroy the the Constitution since, you know, the 1860s. And they need to they need to admit right now, you're either with us or you're against us, because what's happening over in Israel is going to happen in the United States soon. And I think I think Chris brought it up about about Taiwan. And, you know, I think Iran, Russia and China are basically joined at the hip. And once it happens here domestically, I think Chris is exactly right.
0: China will pounce. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Cause it's, it's definitely coming, you know, you know, guys, now's the time to start taking this stuff super serious. You know, um, like in the comments a minute ago, my good buddy, Corey just said, stay strapped or get clapped. Like that's kind of where we're getting right now. I would also remove target indicators. If you've got bumper stickers on your vehicle, get them off. If they're, if they're anything about guns or politics or get, get that shit off of there. Um, and start being aware of what's happening around you because things are going to happen here. It's just a matter of time. You, we can all see the machine in motion, but we don't know exactly what it's doing yet, but it's moving and it's doing something. So it's up to you. It's incumbent upon you because no one is coming to save you. It is up to you to be ready to deal with what's coming. Um, you know, and Pete, you trained. you know, Sue and, and uh, Emory are both instructors. Guys, let's give them everybody because I want to cut this off here in a few minutes and we're going to jump over to the after show. I don't want to keep you guys up all night, but let's give them folks a couple of things that they should be thinking about and doing right now. Um, You know, if you've been watching the news from Israel, you can see what those people went through locked in their homes for hours and sometimes playing dead for hours. Um, You don't want to be in that position. And it's sad that the Israelis were, but they're not allowed to be armed in their country. A lot of you probably don't know that. But we are here, most of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so get serious about things, you know, yeah. make sure your house is prepared, make sure your vehicles are prepared, have a plan, have a comms plan, have an alternate, a contingency, a backup, you know, emergency plan. You need to do all these things and you need mm-hmm. to get started on them now if you haven't done it yet. But, but, uh, Pete, what do you think? Some, yeah, I'm, some stuff that you could pr- tell folks.
1: Look, I'm going to go real basic and I'm going to tell, tell you something that you can tell your kid. Don't not worry about the guns or anything. Like some of you could tell your kid, these things right here, when you come out of a store, or you get out of your car, and immediately the first thing you do, you're looking like this. Situational awareness, right? I mean, you're never going to see somebody coming after you. And God forbid you're you're looking at your phone and you get clapped, right? So teach your kids situational awareness, okay? It's as simple as that. If you want to start anywhere, teach your kids that. And then as they get older, you want to teach them how to get nasty, then teach them how to get nasty.
0: Yeah, eyes up, head on a swivel, you know? Yep. yeah and I, I to to to
2: add to what Pete Pete just said, I think right now, and I've got cousins and and uh, aunts and uncles that live close to me, right now is a good time for a family meeting
1: and say, mm. okay,
2: and if you got children over ten years old, you sort of say if an emergency happens, this is what you're going to do and have rendezvous points where you can go to these people because things are going to collapse and they're going to collapse quickly. If there's mm-hmm. a surprise attack in this country. Right. So tell, the, tell your family members where to go, pick out safe houses or safe places, or even just a place where they can isolate and hunker down until you can get to them and say, stay there until we get to you. You know, yeah. another good thing I, So she wait. just said that
0: Sue is, is if you live in, in a predominantly, well, or in an area where you might be the minority, and I don't mean by color, but 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 color is, is one consideration, political opinion being another religious, yeah, you're a minority. Whatever. Whatever if you're a minority where you live, you might want to reach out to family and friends who live outside of that area. And I mean a distance outside that area as a fallback. Um, and be prepared to move and be prepared to move fast. I just wanted to add
2: that
1: real
0: quick. Yep. Yeah, check I,
2: I, check your gold bags, have them ready. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and I was just gonna say, I, I want to give a shout out to my daughter. She came back from college this week. And, uh, you know, I must have raised her right because one of the first things she said when she got here, Dad, we need to go over my get home plan.
0: Awesome. And I was That's like, a good girl, you're doing a good job, Pete.
1: Damn it. This uh, You want to see a guy, a grown man cry? It's damn close. <laughs> so um, it, so, so work on that stuff with your kids. What's your rally points? Where are you going to be? Even when she was in high school, I laid out a map. I say, I will pick you up at this house right here. If you can't go to this house, go to this house. If you can't do, hide in these weeds, I'll come get. That was even in high school. OK, because I was never the um, helicopter I was never the run. Well, I, I was never the run, run, hide, fight guy. I was usually the fight, fight, fight guy. But sometimes you got to go and you, yeah. you, you're just overwhelmed. So so have the backup plans. Go over it. I know Chris has a lot of information on how to do these things. There's other writers out there. Franklin Horton, lot lots of guys. Franklin yeah. Horton goes through a great thing on how you set up a, a, a notebook for your family. Anyway, that's all I got. I look forward to the after show because I really want to cut loose.
0: Well, we're gonna we're gonna do some questions questions and comments and stuff from, from the viewers, guys. Uh we're gonna run through these and then we're gonna jump over into uh uh the after show. So first one is straight for Pete. There you go, Pete. <laughs> Patrick's a great dude. I talk to him on Twitter all the time. So <laughs> where's the new book, man?
1: Yeah, I, I, I decided I decided I'm gonna get it out six months after book twelve comes out. Well, then you're going to be putting uh, it out in, in, um, in
0: April. I'm it's just coming kidding. Out in November.
1: I'm just kidding, but it will be staggered a little bit. Um, it, It's 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 almost there, guys. It's almost there. I'm excited. And then tell we'll them the same you. thing I tell
0: them, Pete. The 32nd of February.
1: Right, exactly. It's hard, right? Chuck <laughs> B.
0: But, yeah, they want more. And we were just talking about this. Patrick said this one, and we were all just kind of going over this. So, you know. You guys are seeing it like yeah. we're seeing it we, we might see a little more and i'll tell you i troll a lot of the leftist media places and a lot of their chatting places and where they talk all their smack and and you would probably be surprised at the level of barbarity that they they fetishize over it's really scary guys it really is scary um are you re- are you really
2: surprised
0: i mean come on well i am because these aren't people that, that have these skill sets or have the have have a an experiential frame of reference. So I get why they fetishize it because they don't know what it looks like. Um, but just the fact that, you know, I mean, I've seen the places where they honestly think that, that the right in this country is going to walk into the ditches and kneel down for um, it's, it's really not good. Well, I, I think
2: it's generational. I mean, look at after, after Vietnam, look, we went, we went to, you know, this 20 years of peace, almost 25 years of peace or, you know, uh, then 9/11 happened. I think people just forget, you know, what it, what it looks like to see a man fall from a building that's been hit by a plane, yeah. right? And then yeah. two buildings fall down. And it it kind of it, it kind of shocked me. Just a month ago, we were we, we we were trying to remember 9/11, and it was barely mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. on, yeah. the news, on yeah. September 11th. And people just tend to forget, you know, yeah. how brutal. That is, you know, and yeah. you know they, and you know, with our with our kids playing these action action sh- or first action shooter games and all these all these video games and everything, people don't really understand what's going on until you hear reports out of Israel, babies with their heads cut off. Who does that? Yeah,
1: that's of-
0: th- that
2: barbarity. Yeah. That kind of crap.
1: Yeah, you know, and I was I was sitting, I was watching the news today with with my daughter, and I I got to thinking. I mean, she is twenty one now, but I go, is this too much for you? Is this is this like over sensory seeing what's going on? And she goes, I need to know this, Dad. I need to know this. And I said, you're yes. absolutely right. You need That's to awesome. know what your you need to know what your enemy's prepared to do to you because while you're worried about algebra, they're they're training on how to kill you, yeah. and kill your kids, and yeah. it, it's just and worse just the way it is, and worse, yeah, and yeah. worse,
0: yeah. So like Sean right here says, he's, he's fully expected if we go boots on the ground anywhere, which I told you guys earlier, they pulled the 101st out of Romania and send them to Jordan, um, that that would be a trigger for the sleeper cells that are here. Obviously, we know they're here to act. And he's right. If we do that, it'd be a different game entirely. Um, but they're going to start it before that occurs, I think. Because another thing that they can look at this is if they can get enough chaos started here, it would deter us from being able to act anywhere else. So don't think that just... It's only going to happen if we go kinetic with somebody um, it can hey, Chris,
3: before then. May I jump in a second? Please do. I want to shoot a quick message to if in case anybody from the 101st, in case anybody from those forces going to Jordan or the surrounding areas, uh, including our boys and girls on the on the ships that are over there in, uh near Israel right now just because you're in Jordan, which is a friendly country. And I know that we train Jordan. We train Jordanian forces all that all the time. They are our friends. Just because you're there and you're not boots on the ground quite yet. Guys, keep your heads up. Keep your muzzles up, right? Because this is going everywhere. And the last thing we need to see, we don't want to see Americans die. We don't want to see anybody else die anymore. Right? Let's yeah. go. But I'd much rather see y'all kill our enemies than having body bags come back here okay so yeah, it, yeah. You know, don't don't be complacent because there's been complacency that's that's taken place certainly on the israeli side right we call a spade a spade you know mm-hmm. we have to recognize our mess ups uh and we have to talk about it right so guys complacency needs to be over whether you're a hundred and first badass that's going over there to help and do your thing uh or whether you're a capable citizen living here in America concerned capable citizen living here in America or in uh you know Toulouse France or anywhere else y'all keep your heads up on, not keep your head on a swivel and yeah. we're all in this together guys
0: yeah and this- for those and like you're saying those guys deploying i, I don't want to see soldiers die but if our if our soldiers are dying i want it to be in combat not sitting in a cafe in jordan Exactly. You know what I'm saying, and that's what you're getting Absolutely. to. I know that's what you're saying. Exactly. And and to the hundred first, they are awesome. Eighty second, those guys are awesome. But now Hamas has more combat jumps than all of you combined. So you know, well, <laughs> that's that's
2: what <laughs> no, that's what I want to put out uh, for our our military the last three years.
0: That's terrible. You know no, it is, but, I, I'm, but it's, I'm a Marine Corps man. I mean, you know,
2: but but for for those officers those leaders in our woke military that you know that this this whole woke culture has been pushed down their throats for the last 3 years please please do not let another another beirut you know mm-hmm. airport happen like what happened to our marines in 1983 no. do not put people out on guard without magazines in their weapons <laughs> every everybody all the ammunition needs to be unloaded issue the ammunition issue the grenades and let the troops protect themselves no matter what even they if they're a mistake, they even if be they mistake it's better than losing 250 Marines like we did in 83.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right. This, Emory, this one's for you. So, do you think there will be an attack from the east? And if Israel has to fight on both fronts, will they be successful in retaking the Temple Mounts? That's First of, of all, it's not,
3: not going to be taken by them, period. Okay. <laughs> I know oh, that's okay. what you let's, say. Let's squash that a second. It's not going to be taken. Um, just a cute little anecdote. How many times is Jerusalem mentioned in the Quran? Right, yeah. right down below. Yeah,
0: yeah,
3: yeah. All right. Um, thanks for the question, uh, Guillermo. Um, do I think there will be an attack from the east? If it, are you talking about an attack from the east in Israel, as far as the West Bank?
0: That's what he's talking about.
3: Okay. Um, well, it's already starting. That's what we were yeah. talking about before. There's, it's already starting. Do I think there's going to be an assault? like there was by hamas the other day um no i don't if they do attempt it at this point sorry bubba it's too late
0: yeah it'd be a futile effort right now
3: yeah no you're you're gonna get blown back into the stone age just like uh gaza's getting right now um except before you hit the fence so (laughs) yeah
0: long before you hit the fence yeah
3: now the the it is a very legitimate question Right, and and that's what I started with earlier when I was saying, the second I heard the very first peep about what was going on, um, my first thought was, oh my God, get our boys to the to the east and to the north, yeah, right, uh, because it's you know knowing a little bit about how these guys you know run their business uh, or have in the past, even though this type of thing. At this scale and with these tactics is unheard of or or
0: unprecedented
3: not, or unprecedented thank you um yeah i think it's a. I think it's a, a very big possibility but i think that what's what it's really probably going to look like is more um more of like an uprising more of like a you know a bunch of people running around with guns as opposed to a extremely choreographed uh, operation. Uh, now, from Lebanon, from Lebanon, we could see something like that. Yeah, um, I don't think the West Bank right now um, has the organization to be able to pull something like that off. There's definitely there's there's stuff going on. There's stuff, guys. There's been stuff going on in the West Bank just over the last year. Um, it has gone, uh, you know, the, the number of events and the amount of violence has gone up substantially there's always waves in Israel every couple of years, right? There's P not peace, but there's, there's relative quiet. And then there's a mess and then there's relative quiet. And then there's a mess. Um, the last year has been a mess. So it's not like they've been sitting dormant for a while. Um, they're there, it's there guys, it, this has been happening. There have been two, three, uh, at the minimum terrorist attacks in Israel every week for the last year. So um, yeah, everything's happening. Everything's happening kind of all at once. Um, they're trying to be really shifty about stuff, which in the past, um, in the past, we've been able to know everything uh, pretty much ahead of time due to intelligence. Why did? Why was there the whole intelligence failure? I'm actually kind of glad we didn't get too deep into it before because we just
0: brushed over it. It's yeah, that's that's the trillion dollar okay. question. Like you said, everybody's asking that right now. So, and it'll yeah. be months to years before that's ever, you know. Yeah, it's so not gonna be,
3: in my opinion, because uh as soon as as soon as we kill this little conflict that's going on here, um, you know, Israel's gonna be way on top of figuring out exactly what happened. That's why right when this started, uh, people were referring to this as like the second uh Yom Kippur War, the 1973 mm-hmm. war. And the reason they referred to it that way is because what happened in 1973 is we had an intelligence breakdown where our military intelligence and our intelligence bodies at, at large were uh were saying no 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 there's no way there's going to be an attack today there's no way there's going to be an attack and three armies attacked immediately so um so that's why they were calling it that um we'll find out i have my guesses i'd rather not get into that right now because it's very sensitive and i don't want to be wrong about it publicly either right
0: yeah
3: uh, i'm not going to state something as fact when you know when i don't know so let's Okay, Let's let them do uh, their investigation.
0: Yeah, I stuck that one up there for you because you know we're having the problem here, and we are seeing a little bit of this in Israel. You guys are having the same kind of a problem, different taste to it, but the true. same kind of a problem. So, yeah, that's that's, correct, that's correct.
3: Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. correct. And Chris, that was actually really well said on your part, right? There, it's a different taste to it, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's true, and it's been going on uh, for quite a few years, actually, in Israel. Israel, look socially Israel is very liberal. I'm not talking about politically. Socially Israel is very liberal in and I say that in a very positive way. Um you know, women don't have to be covered because God forbid a man is tempted by a woman. Well, the ultra orthodox yes, but they're, you know, <laughs> not a minority and they're nuts. Yeah. So um you know, but but Israel is very liberal meaning you are not only allowed to, but you're welcome. You're encouraged to think your own thoughts and speak your mind. You're encouraged to express yourself in however way you want, as they, long as it's, they were
2: doing it on Saturday. There was a big party going on, you know, a big dance yeah. going on, and 250 people were basically butchered.
3: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but but the, the the so they're they're asking about the wokeism in Israel. It's not exactly wokeism, but there is a um there's a very, very vocal, very left wing, um, you know, group in Israel. It's not like a specific group. There's, there's a lot of very left people and that's okay. Right. If you think about it, guys, all this talk in America about, you know, oh, damn the left. Oh, damn the right. Whatever it is. um, That's bad. We, we, any, any country, any political system needs both sides. We need both sides. We need to balance everything in the world. Is better when you have balance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but, but uh, a lot of aspects of the left in Israel have been out of balance. Um, by the way, the right as well. But, um, but what's going on is, you know, a lot of people, there are organizations. Um, gosh, shit, I can't remember the name of, of the one I'm thinking about right now, but um, there's one organization specifically where their thing, and they're, they're Israelis that served in the military. For the most part, and they've been going around saying, "Oh, oh Israel has been doing atrocious things because apparently they've been reading the Hamas Charter and liking what they read." Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Well, lot, let me tell of... you
3: this. Hold, hold on a second, Sue, yeah. because this is an important part. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to um,
0: You guys, All of a sudden.
3: From my experience, from my personal experience, and I've seen a lot. We we as in the Israel Israel Defense Forces we are the most ethical fighting force that i know okay i can sit here i don't like telling war stories i don't do that but i can sit here and tell you dozens of stories that i personally witnessed that i personally was in i'm not even talking about all my friends who have been and blah i'm me right where where the most unthinkable things have happened from the other side and we didn't even shoot back, even though we were fired upon, because we will not kill children, because we don't want to take the chance of killing a child or a non-combatant. Um, and you know, yes, I know there there are, there have been bad things that have happened in the past for sure. Um, and the difference between us and them is, for example, a few years ago, there was a, a young Israeli soldier. There, there were two. Let's start the other way. There were two. Um, Palestinian teenagers, right? I think they were 17 and 19. Don't quote me on that. Uh, who came up and started stabbing soldiers uh, in the street. Uh, this is in in uh, uh, West Bank City. And they started stabbing some sh- soldiers in the street and they were neutralized. Okay, they were shot. Um, one of them died immediately. The other one was laying there um, bleeding and they they had called backup forces with medics and that whole thing. Um, because that's what we do. And if you want personal stories, maybe in the after show, I'll tell one or two. Uh, but, um, but what happened is the, the backup force got there from, you know, a couple of uh, clicks away or whatever. And this, this young idiot soldier comes up and you see this, it's on video. He racks around into his chamber and shoots this terrorist that's on, that's laying bleeding to death on the ground. Now, this guy just stabbed an Israeli soldier. Mm-hmm. And then this other kid comes up and shoots him while he's down. You know what happened to this Israeli soldier? Probably he went, for the rest
0: of his life. He
3: yeah. went, probably not the rest of his life, but for a long time. Yeah. He went to jail, and that is correct to do. That was the correct outcome
0: mm-hmm. because
3: that is called murder. We don't murder.
2: Yeah,
3: we don't. Right. So I want to make this very clear, especially because we see stuff like uh, I was looking up uh, these pictures, people are sending me insane stuff this propaganda on how, you know, uh, like a caricature, not a caricature, but like a cartoon type of thing where a girl sitting there asking, well, you know, with the thought bubble, um, isn't Hamas, you know, not justified in doing the things that it's been doing? And then the other girl answers her, yeah, but you know, understand that there are no civilians in Israel. They are all, you know, soldiers and they all deserve to die, blah, blah, blah. And Hamas is the best and, and ethical and they're literally taking what's going on and flipping it 180 degrees yeah um so that's why it's so important to me to say this right now um and i want people to know that and if you don't believe me cool i don't give a shit but mm-hmm. that is the fact in the field that is the truth and mm-hmm. it is what it is so well, I'm and sorry, talk,
2: talk about the walk thing i mean uh mm-hmm. look how many i mean you got the, all the hollywood elites you got a whole bunch of, uh, of financial brokers and everything in New York City and all over the East Coast here and everything there's a whole bunch of those people are Jewish mm-hmm. they're actually Jewish and they they are part of the woke movement here in the United States so let's let's just understand that
0: oh I've, uh, I've seen signs being held in New York City Jews for Palestine you know and and you know oh, gays yeah. for Palestine queers for all this stuff and it's like you, you it's, it's, know what those They are. need to read more. Those people need to read more. Is what needs to what
3: Those people are. Uh, this is a friend of mine who's Jewish called me up uh, yesterday and said this to me. He says, "You know what those people are? Those are here. Here's what they are. They are the Jews that got on the train to Auschwitz, and when they got off that train, they tipped the conductor. That's what those people mm-hmm. are." Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah I'm well, trying to but, remember the German uh, name for the for the ones uh, yeah. that helped. I'm trying to. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just thinking of something.
2: Let's talk about the word equity that they like to use so much, you know, equity, <laughs> equity. All right. This invasion on Saturday, uh, the, the casualty counts way over a thousand. But let's just take a thousand for simple math. Right. Like, like Emery said, there's eight to nine million Jews in, in Israel. All right. There's nine million Jews worldwide. So that's 18 million Jews. There's 1.8 billion Muslims. All right. So if we put equity into this, I think the IDF has permission to go into the Gaza Strip and wipe out a million people if that's what it takes to get the job done. That's equity, you know. When you really, when you really put your finger on it, you know. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we've got one more question, and I think it's the most important question that's been asked in the comment section all night. And this one's serious. So. Who wins in their prime, Sue or Emory? In their prime? No. I'll give it to Sue because he's uh, – he's, he's I'll, I'll pass my prime.
3: <laughs> he's, he's too <laughs> stupid to lose.
0: He's too stupid to lose. Like Daddy always said, if you're going to be tum- dumb, you better be tough, boy. <laughs> Let me tell you guys
3: something about Sue. Let me tell you. Hey, can you close your ears or, like, walk away a second? No. I can't say nice things to him when he hears. I can't, it's I can't.
0: terrible. It really is.
3: Sue's one of my very best friends. No, seriously, like take your headphones off. Um
0: cut <laughs> them back on, Jesus.
3: He won't hear me when he takes those off. His volume's all the way up. Um, this man sitting right here is the real American hero. Him, people like him, people like Randy Rawhide, Randy Roche.
0: Rawhide. Yeah.
3: Uh, these are the people that I look up to. Some of the people that I look up to, and I get to call them my best friends. Um, and what what this fucking idiot has done in his military service <laughs> is some of the craziest, awesomest uh, examples of what badass Americans have done in the name of this country and in the name of keeping us all safe. So I just want to have that said. You can put your headphones back on.
0: Not completely. Sue, Sue, Sue you should let me write your autobiography for you. Let's get together and I'll just turn on <laughs> audio recorder and start you know recording. And How many me, people let are me saying, write that for you.
2: I've got the, I've got the name of the book. It sucks to be me.
0: It sucks to be me. <laughs> a boy named
2: Sue. <laughs> yeah. Boy named Sue. Sucks to be me, but you—it's you, not conducive for a good military career. Remember, I only made it to master sergeant. So, yeah, yeah.
1: That is, that was a good question, though. But my question is, since you guys are s- staying in the same room, who's on top tonight?
0: We're actually not
1: <laughs> staying in the same room. Thank you oh, very much. Oh, yeah, we- they- I bought us,
3: <laughs> us two rooms.
0: At the Roach Motel by the it's, hour. How's that? How expensive is two rooms by the hour? Like that's got to be a fortune.
3: <laughs> well, it depends how many uh, how many strippers you bring in.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna wrap this up, guys, so we can jump over to the after show where we can get a little looser things. Pete, I know we didn't give you a whole lot of screen time in here tonight, dude. But but thanks for being here. We had some big stuff to talk about, and, and I know so you understand. That. Let's bring no, him I love
1: it. I love it. I learned a lot tonight. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me, and it was great. I look forward to getting with you guys, uh, Emery and and Sue, and getting to know you a little better. Oh uh, yeah, you.
3: And I know we're going to hang out here in a bit um, at the after party, but I do want to say this publicly. Uh, not that it matters to anybody, I'm saying this to you. But I, you know, a I I appreciate and respect what you do, and I'm very interested to hear about you know uh, more about what you do, and uh, and and thanks for. Thanks for doing what you do. And thanks yeah, for being with us and letting me, you know, me run my suck. So. Pete, no, we no, should no. all get
0: together down in the Immokalee, man. Like all of us go down there. That'd be some fun, dude. Like, they, There's a prison, an old abandoned prison down in South Florida. That the training's done down in the Immokalee. We can go down there and have some real fun. Like, yeah, yeah straight I up. I've, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got yeah, that many mm-hmm. haters on that
3: place. Now, yeah. now that the ATF has made UTM ammo uh, illegal for civilians. thanks, Are Nazi you fucking parties.
2: serious? Oh, yeah. yeah. Great job there, ATF. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Motherfuckers, all right. Well, we're gonna get off this because we're gonna bitch about that here in a few back minutes. Uh, hey,
2: ATF back back to BB Gun
3: Wars. Here we go. <laughs>
0: <Jesus>. <laughs> thanks for making uh, it
3: safe, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks for making it safe, you clowns. Um, guys, the, all of Pete's links are, are down below. Um, buy his books, uh, buy his manuals, um, learn some stuff. And, and again, I just want to say to Pete, again, really thank you, brother, for being here. Uh, My to you guys watching mash those buttons I hate to be the guy to ask you to do that because you know everybody does it but we do it for a reason it it matters you know it does matter do
3: Pete say it smash that
0: like and subscribe button come on can't I can't do it I can't do it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god for you guys listening um we do this live every Wednesday at 8 pm and for you guys watching you can download this podcast anywhere you can find podcasts so, you have no reason or excuse to not catch what we're doing. And um, and now with that, you guys know the drill. Be good. Be good at it. Stay safe this Friday. You know, head up or eyes up, head on a swivel. Pay attention. Situational awareness like Pete said, guys. And uh, come on over to the to the after party over here. It's a lot, of, a lot more fun over there. As much fun as this is, we have more fun over there. So you guys be good or be good at it, and we will catch you next time. Tools. For those
2: of you who are viewing this podcast, you're in luck. Three of these ugly men have grown beards. Haven't had enough yet? Stick around for the after show. Bolder, grittier, angrier. On the Rocks with Angry American and the Gang is coming up next.